If we've not met, I'm Pastor Mike Ramsdale. You've already heard that we're going to be taking uh, 63 people to Israel here beginning uh, Tuesday, be flying out. Have about uh, maybe 15 other folks from other churches that will be going with us. Over 80 altogether is how many is going to be with us. And so Pastor David and myself are required to take care of 80 people in Israel for a week. Pray for us or them. I don't know what you should do, probably both. Uh, We hope we don't lose anybody on that journey, but we hope we'll also bring back with us many stories pictures and video to share with us, to share with you in the message series, the Lenten series leading up to Easter as we discover the Holy Land together. So you're going to be with us in a very real way as we return with all those images. We're excited about that. I hope it will be a blessing to you. Now we're in the finisher series, uh, thir- the second week of the series. Uh, we're using analogy related to running because that's a biblical analogy. It's used many times in scripture. Paul used it often as they were running a race, to win the race, to finish the race. So hence the idea of finisher. Uh, today I'm going to be reading for you First Timothy, part of First Timothy, chapter 4, verse 6 through 10. First Timothy 4, 6 through 10. Finisher, building a base, is the message title for today. In pointing out these sayings to your brothers and sisters, you'll be a good servant of Jesus Christ, constantly nourished, on the words of the faith and of the sound doctrine which you have been following. But have nothing to do with old wives' tales. On the, on the other hand, train yourself for the purpose of godliness. So focus on those words. Train yourself for the purpose of godliness. And then go on to read the rest of it. For bodily discipline is only of little profit, but godliness... It's profitable for all things, as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. It is a trustworthy trustworthy statement deserving full acceptance, for it is in this we labor and strive, because we have fixed our hope on the living God, who is the Savior of all men and women, especially of believers. Think again about the words, train yourself for the purpose of godliness. Uh, the theme that Pastor Dave and I are using for the series is kind of coaching. We're thinking about how we might coach others uh, to be able to live the life God calls us to live, the Christian life. And today, training for godliness is part of that theme. I want to coach you a little bit. Uh, and in that, also grow myself in the story. And uh, I began uh, running two years ago. I'd never done that before, really. Uh, lifted weights for many years before that. I kind of transitioned from that, uh, lifting heavy weights to going to running. So it was all new for me to do that. And I got a coach. Uh, now, my coach is not one that I've ever met. Uh, it's through books, several books that he's written, as well as apps for those that like apps on phones. I've got his apps on my phone when I run. And his name is Jeff Galloway. So if I ever meet him, I'll say, hey, hey, coach. Uh, he kind of gives me advice. In fact, you can actually hook him up and listen to him when I'm running, and he'll say, breathe this way. You're not, you know, he'll remind you to breathe better. He'll stand up straight and you know, rest if you need to. And, and I begin listening to him, and he'd tell me uh, to start with, run a minute, walk a minute. Run a minute, walk a minute. I could barely do that. That's what I did. As time went on, it was run two minutes and walk a minute, then run three minutes and walk a minute, then five and then seven, and to finally I could just keep on running. So now if I want to, I can just run. And so I still listen to him, and he kind of coaches me to, uh, to stay with it and hang in there and gives me a breathing advice, things like that. It kind of encourages you in the process. Coaches are nice, right? Most of you have had a coach of one sort or other in your life. And I want to tell you where it led to my best running moment. 
is the last half marathon I ran uh, in, uh, in November of this last year. And it was in Azel area. It was part of the Miles for Hope program. So I ran that to raise some funds for Zoe Ministry. And I began the race, as I always do, running very slow. I'm a slow runner. I'll probably always be that. So I'm slow, running really slow. But I'm sure I just keep on. And so I'm running. And, and these young guys, probably in their 20s, go way ahead. And they're out of sight before I know what's happened. They're gone. And I can't even see them. Uh, and about six, seven, eight miles in the race, not sure. It's a 13.1-mile uh, mile race to do this, uh, about eight, ten miles in the race, I see those guys ahead of me. And I see one of them, and, and I keep running, and I get closer and closer and closer and closer. And About nine or ten miles, I get to where I'm going to pass him. And I run past the guy, and he looks at me, and you can see in his face, he's thinking, I don't like that this old man is passing me, but I can't do a thing about it. <laughs> that was my best moment. I mean, by far, in running, I thought, no, I like this, you know. Uh, and so I just kept riding on, and I probably, I probably got there about 10, 15 minutes before he did because he got slower and slower as he went. Now, here's why. To be able to run at all, you have to build a base. And that's just titled Build a Base. You have to have a You can't do it. You can't do it without a base. And it takes a long time. Perseverance. You have to really keep working at it. You've got, to pay a, you've got to train to build a base. And building a base is you slowly, over a period of time, build capillaries in your, in your, blood, in your, in your body, in your muscles, and your heart gets stronger, your lungs. You know, a lot of things have to happen, and it's slow. And then after a while, you have a base. You say, hey, I can run now. I've got a base. You can't do it without one. It doesn't work. You have to stop and rest. You have to build a base. Build a base. Now, what did we say earlier in the first reading of Timothy? Train yourself, build a base for the purpose of godliness. Now, I might have got a little thrill out of beating that young guy, but that's meaningless. But being godly, being godly, is a huge, huge thing for us. Let me tell you about a a Bible character. You may know something about his name was David, King David. And if you know about King David at all, you probably know he faced Goliath with a slingshot and was able to defeat this enemy there in the field and save really his people in the process. We also know that he was a king, uh, the greatest king of, in Israel's history. He built a nation is what he did. An amazing guy, but you may not know how he began. He began as the eighth son of a shepherd, which means in his culture you're nothing and you will never be anything. You will not inherit anything your father has You'll serve your older brothers, you'll always be their servant, and you will always be a shepherd. That was his story. But as a shepherd, he learned some things. One of the things he learned was how to be a godly man. Maybe during that time, he wrote Psalm 23, sitting on a hillside, watching his father's sheep, making use of that time, and there connecting with his God, and saying there, as he watched those sheep he cared for, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He leads me beside, he leads me to, in green pastures and gives me still waters. And, and he writes these words out, you know, for, for himself and his God. And, and there in that time, he wrote many psalms. How many we don't know, but there he grew in his faith. There he trained himself to be a godly man. There he connected with God in faith. And that's not all that happened. He tells later on as he began to face Goliath and he's persuading uh, the king to let him King Saul, let him go ahead and fight Goliath, even as this young lad that he is, this teenage boy, maybe, tw- maybe 90, 20-year-old man that he is. He says, listen, when I was out there in my father's fields 
taking care of his sheep, sometime a lion or a bear would come and try to take my sheep from me and kill them. Here's what he says. He says, the Lord who has delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine too. He learned there, not only was he able to connect with God and what godliness was in that, he'd also learned to face his enemies and, and live in courage and to conquer those fears that he had. He learned those things. He had trained in godliness and it made him a great king and he was a great king. He learned that early in his life. He built a base. Or you never heard of David. He never would have been king. Goliath never would have been defeated. And all of biblical history would have changed. Because one young man trained to be godly, all the world is different today because of that. So think about training to be a godly person. We live in what I think is a very chaotic world. I talk about it on occasion. I think our world is chaotic in all kinds of ways. There's religious chaos. Isn't that right? Spiritual chaos out there. There's physical chaos. There's emotional chaos. Uh, It's constantly chaotic out there. It's a difficult world to live in, to have any kind of rhythm in. Now think about rhythm. You know, running is about rhythm. You, you build a rhythm as you run, and you want to get that place after 5 minutes, 10 or 20 or 30 minutes where the rhythm is there, and you just kind of keep on running, and then you enjoy it. It takes a while to get to the rhythm, by the way, for those that do any kind of running in your life. Uh, but you have that in place. Uh, and, and, and I want you to, to hear what our world and our lives can sometimes sound like. I want you to hear what our world and our lives sometime can sound like in this crazy, chaotic culture. And Sadra's here, uh, who's going to play some sounds for you. Let's do that. I think that's sometimes how we're living. You know, we feel stressed and strained and worn out and it's crazy and we, we can't keep track and there's no rhythm at all. We're just trying to survive. You know, we're physically out of rhythm sometimes. We don't have those Sabbath times, those rest times, those patterns that God created us to live in. We're emotionally out of rhythm sometimes. You know, we're afraid, we're, we're anxious. We have all kinds of feelings that are flowing through our lives and we have no sense of peace. That's so true for so many people. We find ourselves spiritually out of rhythm. We, we say, we believe in God, but where's the godliness? Where's the peace I'm supposed to have? Where's the assurance? Where is this faith that's supposed to drive me into my life to where I'm supposed to be? Why am I not who I've always wanted to be as a godly man or godly woman? And we, and we don't have that. And, and we want that. And, and we want something better than that. We, we want this. Let's play the next song for us. And keep playing for us where you don't stop. Let's keep playing. And I want you to think of, of, of rhythm that God designed for us to live in, that rhythm of life that we can experience if we train ourselves for godliness, the beautiful music of life that God wants for you and me to walk in, to live in, to experience, to appreciate, to have a life like that if we train ourselves for it and we can choose to do that. Now, Sandra can play the piano pretty well, and I think, I think what she does is a miracle myself. You know, I can type, and I type really fast. Uh, keyboard, I think, is what some people call it today. I can keyboard really fast. Uh, but I only do one key at a time, right? If you do two keys, it's a mess. She's all her fingers. I have no idea how you use all, fi- all your fingers to play 
you know, uh, and if she just does the organ, she's using her feet too. You know, her feet and her fingers to play. It's a miracle. If you play, maybe it's not for you, but for me, it's a miracle when somebody can play a piano or an organ, uh, use those instruments. It's amazing to me. Uh, now, when did you begin practicing first? When did you start playing the piano? Eleven years old. So you built a bass beginning going back to when you were 11 years old. Now, do you, have, did you quit practicing? In fact, Sandra practices almost every day. In fact, I'll come, we'll come in here. And she has time in the sanctuary that she has this building scheduled. Don't mess with her schedule. Don't rock her practice boat. And you can come in here, but be quiet when she's playing. Because she's practicing for Sunday. She's practicing music for Sunday, and she does that every week because she trains herself to be able to play beautiful music, okay? God's given her that ability. Hear me now. God's given her the ability to do this, but she had to train herself or it never would have happened. I started playing the piano when I was 11 years old. Really did. I had a lady come in to teach my brother and myself both to play, and I quit when I was 12. We didn't like it, you know. We didn't practice. We didn't want to do it. So I can't do that, you know. And, and are, 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 can you live a godly life? Can, have you nourished yourself, as these verses say, on the biblical faith and sound doctrine and the faith of the church that was also read uh, today in this Timothy text? Have you done that? Are you in a place that you can say, yes, I am a godly man, I'm a godly woman, and are you not? And what do we do? If we're not, we have to build a base. We have to build a base in the rhythm of life emotionally, physically, and spiritually. And the Bible talks about it again and again and again and again. In a world where we have family chaos, moral chaos, religious chaos, many lives living physical and spiritual and emotional chaos, you know, it doesn't have to be that way. We can find the rhythm of life by building a base, as I coach you today to hear the simple guidelines God gives us to be able to do that if we choose to. And we have to train ourselves. We have to practice. Second Timothy three sixteen through 17, uh, the same writer to the same young man says these words. Every part of Scripture, the Bible, is God-breathed and useful one way or another, sharing the truth, Exposing our rebellion, correcting our mistakes, training us to live God's way, to be godly. We have to begin with Scripture, with a biblical base. Many times we don't have that base at all. We don't have that source that we need to be able to walk the way God wants us to. That exposes our our weaknesses where we need to grow stronger. That tells us what they are. Helps us see and hear and know better. Like the running app that I use says, breathe like this. Don't do this. If you get tired, slow down. You'll be able to speed up later. There's all kind of advice that comes all the time. I need that. It helps me be more successful at that that I want. But God, this is so much more important to be able to live that way. If, If running long and slow builds the base for running, it takes some time to ingest Scripture in small chunks to nourish ourselves and builds a base for living the godly life. And these words that guide us in that. (coughs) the rhythm of life that we can experience. And most Christians don't have a base in Scripture. Uh, They don't practice on a daily basis. 
And I spent time going to the past, building up knowledge of those words of Psalm 23, of John 3.16, of Romans chapter 8, of many words of Scripture that speak and encourage us. Now, in my life, I think about that often. Uh, I have a Bible that I begin to read the very first time when I was a young Christian. And I pull that out sometime. It's a King James Bible with a big black uh, cover and leather. I thought when I was 20 years old, I needed a black Bible with a thick cover and it had to be expensive. So I went and bought the most expensive one I could find. Uh, that's what I thought I needed. I realize now that I don't, but I did then. It's underlined from Genesis to Revelation where I would read that, underlined verses that I learned to appreciate. I'll go back and read those verses and I'll read them and I'll think, you know, that's part of my life. That's part of who I am. That's, that's part of how I understand what it is to be a godly man. That's where, that's where it came from and still comes from. And, and now I reread those verses. I re-ingest them. I, I re-infuse them into my life and my soul and my experience. And, and it's so important to me to have that knowledge in my heart and soul and mind. I couldn't be who I am without those words. So I challenge you, if you choose to say, I want to be a godly man or woman, Pick that book up and take it seriously. It's what God's given you that you need to practice and be trained by those words to experience a life of rhythm that we can experience if we choose to live that way. If your life is chaotic, if it's a noisy-sounding sense that's underplayed, then you already know what I'm telling you you need to do. Uh, but if you, if you want your life to be beautiful, with that beautiful music of what's possible, what the potential really is that God gives you and me, then pick the book up. Read that book. Ingest that book. Make it part of your life and your soul and who you are. For me, it is. For me, the Bible is that. Uh, I don't know how many sermons I could preach without ever looking at the Bible because I know the Bible already. I already have these words part of me. And so I simply share that advice with you. Well, second scripture for this this building a base, Hebrews 6. By this time... You ought, to be, you ought to be teachers yourselves. <laughs> and here I find you need someone to sit down with you and go over the basics on God again. One more time. You know, one of the things that I, I'm enjoying now is I can occasionally give advice to a brand new runner. I can't give advice to a real experienced runner. They're way ahead of me. But a beginner, I can. Hey, you ought to try this. It really works. Here's some great shoes that might work for you. They really work for me. They help my knees. They're good for, good for old knees. Maybe it'll work for you. You know, here's, here's how you can, what you should wear if it's cold outside. You can run outside if it's cold, but you have to dress like this, you know. And I, I try the run-walk thing, I'll say. Just start out walking and running. Don't try to think you've got to run all at once. Just walk a little bit, run a little bit. Now, anybody can do that. So I give this advice. I like doing that. I should have reached that point by now, and so that's where I am. And Now, when it comes to biblical truth, we should come to a place that we are able to actually teach others. We know We're in a place of real godliness when we can actually help others. We can serve others. We can teach others. We can be an example for others. We can challenge others. We can bless others. That's how we know we've arrived at what the Bible here says is godliness as a man or a woman. Because we know what right from wrong is, as the verse here says. And we're able to share that with others in remarkable ways. The music of life, the rhythm of faith, the beautiful story of one who walks with God, those who have Jesus Christ in their hearts, those who have been, been nourished by God's word and have built a base. And to try to run without a base 
creates chaos. You probably tried that, haven't you? Remember that time when you tried that? You weren't ready. You weren't trained. You hadn't built a base. You start out running, and how far do you get? One minute, two minutes, three minutes. Then what happens? You start breathing harder and harder and harder, and you can't get enough air into your lungs, and it gets worse and worse and worse. And then what happens then? Then you have to stop and sit on the curb and breathe till you finally get air back into your lungs. That's how it works. If we have no base, we can't. It's just chaos. It's miserable. It's painful. And you go home and sit down and say, no more of that. That's too hard. I can't do it. You have to build a base. And the base drives life. And sometimes we say, I can't be a godly person. I can't resist that temptation. I can't live in peace. I'm always worried. I'm afraid about everything. I could never face a Goliath or build a nation or even deal with a a bear or a lion or even find time to sit there on the hillside and say, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. It leads me beside the still waters. Because we've not had built a base. There's no music. There's no rhythm. There's no life for us yet. We have not done what we are required to do as we walk with God in maturity and grow in our Christian faith. Well, the next word is from Hebrews as well. Uh, last week we mentioned that Hebrews is written to a people who were, who were tempted to quit on their faith. It was difficult in that season to be a Christian in that world. You were persecuted if you were. And so some were just simply raising the white flag, surrendering and saying, enough of this, and they were quitting. So Hebrews is written to encourage people to hang in there and not to quit, uh, which is what coaches do, right? Hebrews 12. But God is doing what is best for us, training us to live God's holy best. That's the message Bible. Training us to live his best. The most beautiful music of life, the rhythm, the bass, walking with God. At the time, discipline, our training, is not much fun. It always feels like it's going against the grain. For it's the well-trained who find themselves mature in the relationship with God. Now, again, I'm using running simply as an illustration. He says running exercise is a little profitable, but no big thing. God in this is profitable for everything. So we're talking about God as today, but I'm using the illustration. That uh, I, I can have two options in my life that are easily laid out. I can say an easy chair, a cherry Dr. Pepper, and Fritos with cheese dip. Okay, now that is extremely appealing to me. I'm just telling you. Now, if I said what's the most appealing thing there is to me would be sitting there watching a basketball game with a cherry Dr. Pepper, Fritos, and cheese dip. That's wonderful. Now, it's odd to think that I might also say, but I need to get out there and run five miles. And it's really cold outside, you know, and and I really don't want it. I've got to somehow weigh those two things against each other. I've got to deal with that. Now, Now, training is not much fun, right? Now, Fritos and cheese dip, now that's fun. Now, training is not fun. Being a Christian, following Jesus Christ, a crucified Lord, choosing good over evil, right over wrong, 
serving others on serving ourselves is not the easy choice. The Bible here says, at the time, it's not much fun. But what do we want? I will tell you, when I ran past that young guy, and he was, he was breathing and sweating and couldn't hardly take another step, and he looked at me like, I don't want you going past me, but I can't do a thing about it. I like that. I like that. I like even more waking up in the morning and knowing that God has made me a godly man. I still have much more to do. I can do much better. I can grow many ways, but that's what I want in my life. That's what I want for my journey. That's who I want to be. And we love that Sandra can play the piano so well. We love these folks who can play music so well. Most of us cannot. It's a miracle what they do. But they train themselves to reach their fullest potential in music. And here they are sharing that with us. And we come and we, we receive that blessing. We can all share Godliness with our world. It's not, there's nothing odd about sitting there drinking a cherry Dr. Pepper. It's an odd thing for us to say, I'm going to follow you, Jesus. I'm going to be a Christian. I'm going to choose good over bad, right over wrong, Christ and others over myself. I'm going to choose godliness in this life. And I don't know how to do it yet because I'm not built a base. I want to learn how to do it, God. I want to be better at it. I want to grow up. I've already achieved some of this. I want to expand that ability. I want to make that a priority in my life. I want to get up off the chair, leave the cheese dip there, and I want to learn about what it is to be a godly person. I'm going to pick that book up. And whether I understand it or not, I'm going to read it till I do. Whether I know how to pray or not, I'm going to pray till I learn. Where I know how to live your way or not, I'm going to keep on trying till I can. And God empowers that with his spirit and his grace. It's like he gave, gave Sandra the ability long ago was in her to do this. If she trained herself, it wasn't there. It's like God said, you can run even though you make excuses for 20 years that you couldn't. All you had to do was try. And that's true with all of our life. And some of you think that you can't do it. You can't live a godly life. You can't be a godly person. That's beyond your ability. It's not. You just have to build a base. One of the things that I've been enjoying doing in recent, in the last two years is being a church coach. Right now I'm doing it, being, being a lead consultant for a, a church in the Austin area. Uh, and this is our, our Methodist Church Conference thing. I was asked to do this by our bishop and our leadership to do this. Mike, would you? And I said that I would, doing that. Uh, and they also select church coaches to work with these churches. Uh, and uh, usually someone outside our church, but they asked Pastor David to do that, which is a coincidence that he's actually the church coach of a church I'm going to be the lead consultant for, and we're both doing that for a church down the Austin area. Uh, and there's two things that I'll note about churches that are struggling in doing this the last two years. There's two things that they, have, they fall short of almost every time. It's almost universal. They will have no pathway to become a disciple of Jesus Christ that they won't be bringing people to faith in Christ. They, they won't be doing it, won't know how to do it, it won't be happening for that church family. And the other thing is they'll have no outside mission or, or work outside their own church. They serve themselves. They don't look out and serve others. They have not yet become teachers. They've not yet looked outside to become mature. They've not reached that point where they have built a base where now they can serve and give and love their world in the ways God calls them to, and they have to begin doing that, and that's the first thing they have to do. 
And often, they don't want to do that. It's too much work. Requires too much change. Because they've grown to appreciate, I'm, I'm exaggerating some, they've grown to appreciate the cherry Dr. Pepper and the cheese dip that they've had for a long time. And to get off the couch and to begin to run and build a new rhythm for life takes churches lots of work to do that. And that's what we have to do. So there's where we are as we hear the message today. It's about building a rhythm. It's about building a base. It's about the beautiful music God wants for churches and for you and me and how we address that and train ourselves to the purpose of godliness. That's the word for today. Will you pray with me, please? Uh, Heavenly Father, thank you for the words you give us. And we have to admit that it's, it's odd for us to, to think about working to train ourselves as Christians, as followers of Christ, as disciples. We prefer other ways, really. We naturally got our instinct is to move toward the easy way, the simplest way, the quietest way, the way that serves us. But God, you call us to a different life. Help us, God, find that life. Help us build a base of faith, of truth, of Scripture, of prayer, of your grace. May our lives somehow create a rhythm that's beautiful, that honors you and blesses us. Make it so, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.